You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Uh, today, we're very lucky to be joined uh, by Aaron Elder, who is a creative leader with an entrepreneurial spirit that drives meaningful business results. Currently, Aaron is the director of Creative Studio, brand communications, and partnerships at Artera Wines Canada. She has delivered repeated success across both creative and business teams over the past 30 years. Stun face emoji across all forms of media, print, digital, social, video, and in-store retail. Aaron is a creative problem solver with a passion for creating strategic assets that serve to connect brands with their consumers. But most importantly, Aaron sees the potential in people and works to develop their talent and opportunities. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you. Um, I'm very excited to get to know you and your background a little bit better. Thank you, Daryl. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be here. A little bit nervous, but uh, looking forward to uh, exploring our topics of conversation today. Awesome. And for our listeners who can't see, Aaron's wearing an extremely beautiful purple outfit right now that uh, makes me feel underdressed for this episode. So thank God it's just audio. So Aaron, um, wanted to, just for context, um, hear about your background. How did you get to where you are today? What is your origin story? Well, uh, it goes back um, some time. Uh, I started out uh, as a photojournalist, actually. Uh, and wow. I worked for Canada's news magazine, McLean's Magazine. I was uh, okay. very fortunate to, to get a job as a part-time assistant in the photo department, uh, fresh out of school. And I was um, able to be uh, mentored by the photo editor, um, who was Peter Bragg, who's uh, quite an acclaimed and well-known Canadian photojournalist. Um, so I started there, and um, you know, I, I did everything from pick negatives up off the floor to working in the darkroom to filing photos in the cabinets. And fortunate to be able to handle images from. 1879 to Karsh to, you know, the leading wow. photojournalist of the day. So I really um, was able to uh, see quite a, a great uh, breadth and depth of the photographic uh, story um, from all over the world. It was, uh, it was quite extraordinary. And under, under Peter's tutelage, um, I uh, ended up doing some assignments. I started doing more and more photo assignments for the mm -hmm. magazine and um, photograph political conventions and business leaders and entertainers. Um, I traveled to the US and Mexico and China and, uh, and it was quite extraordinary. I, I was incredibly fortunate. Um, and one day I was talking with Diane Brady who was, um, she used to be a writer at, at McLean's and she mm -hmm. had moved over to Hong Kong and um, we were just chatting and she, I was asking her kind of about what she was doing and it just sounded so interesting that, um, you know, I sort of suggested, well, maybe I would go to Hong Kong too. And she said, well, you know what, if you can focus, you can probably get a job. So I, I knew I could do that. Mm -hmm. And so um, shortly after I, I jumped on a plane, I'd been at McLean's for about five years and I really just wanted to find out, you know, how good I was as a photojournalist in the world. So I moved to Hong Kong and um, wow. practiced for about six months. And I w ended up working for a magazine called Asia Week. Uh, and, um, <laughs> nice. and I ended up uh, being the photo editor there. And um, that was the beginning of my photo editing journey. Uh, so I kind of transitioned over to the other side 
Um, I loved photojournalism. It's great. It's a way to get behind the scenes to meet real people, to talk to them, to find out the real, um, you know, extraordinary and very gritty stories that are around the world. But in my journey, I, I also realized that there's a lot of great talent out there. And what I was very good at was um, working with, with, with people and, um, and photo editing. So I moved over into that and um, I was there for a couple of years. I was there for the Hong Kong handover, which was uh, wow. an extraordinary time. Yeah, yeah incredible. remarkable. And the Globe and Mail ended up recruiting me there. Uh, Peter Bragg actually let me know that they were looking for a director of photography. Uh, the great gray lady uh, discovered that um, she, uh, they had to learn how to onboard color photographs and, and big photos. <laughs> the National Post was about to launch in Canada. So they knew that they needed to be big and bold and visual. And um, so I, I was hired from Hong Kong. And I went and worked uh, at the Globe and Mail for 10 years uh, as uh, ran the photo department. And that was through um, all kinds of journeys and transitions and, you know, world news and Canadian news, major moments in, in everyone's lives. Oh, yeah. um, and, uh, and after about 10 years, um, I decided I wanted to learn about how we made money. So I had an opportunity to move over to the business side under uh, a gentleman named Roger Dunfield, um, Dunbar, sorry. And uh, I worked on a couple products, uh, Globe Campus and Globe Careers. And then I had an opportunity to go to advertising and uh, work with them to launch Globe Alliance, which was the international ad network, where we partnered with publishers from all over the world and sold their Canadian inventory. So that was a that was a tremendous business, and um, the last portion of my journey, or to date, anyways, um, I had an opportunity. Uh, an opportunity came up at Artera Wines Canada to run their creative studio and to manage partnerships and to do brand communications. So it seemed to kind of bring all all parts of my uh, professional life together, and uh, I I joined March 2020. I was the first virtual. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I, I resigned at the Globe and Mail after 20 years, and wow. um, and then COVID hit, and everybody was uh, sent home from Artera, and I wondered if I had a job, but fortunately I did, and and they onboarded me as their first virtual employee, and here I am today. So it's been just over two years now, and and it's been uh, it's been tremendous. Thank you for sharing, Erin. The first virtual employee. What? what a title to be had there <laughs> how's how's it i'm just curious how has it been so you you've seen you obviously were the first one of Artera, but you know i can assume that you've you've been part of building your team and, and hiring and onboarding other team team members since march 2020 how have you found uh working from home and onboarding or i guess virtual virtual employees and, and managing and working with team how have you found it Oh, that's a great question, and and you know it's something that we continue to um, to manage today because now we're of course doing the alternative, which is going back into the office, starting to go back into the office. Initially, um, you know, it was uh, it was great. It was uh, this is a highly productive medium. Um, you know, it was um, great. You would be able to sort of you know people were very organized and be able to sort of share assets and information. The onboarding uh, process was great. Um, I had. Uh, you know, a number of meetings set up with the key stakeholders from around the organization. So I was able mm -hmm. to meet them really quickly. 
Um, but then, like everyone else, your calendar just fills up with, you know, yeah, 15 you know, minutes here, 30 minutes here, number of, of meetings throughout the day. So um, it was, you know, it was an extraordinary time. Uh, not only had the organization made a strategic shift um, to become more consumer centric, but um, at that time, but then with COVID hit, we also had to juggle and manage through through that circumstance as well so um the first year you know when i first arrived all the marketing plans got thrown out the window and we had to kind of go in and recreate um which was uh an unusual thing in that um you know you were just getting to learn the business you know typically you sort of have 30 60 90 days to do your deep dive and and learn a little bit more about you know the processes and the people and the products and things like that but we hit the ground running uh fast and uh and it never stopped so mm -hmm. wow well, it it's, it's definitely been a journey i think for for a lot of people and that'll resonate pretty strongly with uh with people who've been hired during that time too what a time um i wanted to talk about and ask you some questions about your time at Globe and Mail um, and as a forward journalist, because that's really that's really interesting to me. Um, first of all, you know, for all the uh, for all I have a content team in our agency and, and they're all camera nerds. What was your favorite camera throughout the years? You know, are you looking back on on all of the photo work you had to do? What was kind of your your the one that that you keep thinking of? Well, I was always a Canon user, and so I had a number of different cameras as we, uh, you know, as I as I worked through my career. Um, I did buy a Leica. Uh, I did buy a Leica. Um, the Leica wasn't for me. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it requires um, a very different mindset. It requires um, really slowing down, I think. And um, you know, when when. Uh, you know, when I was, you know, working, you know, in photojournalism, things are very fast. It's found creativity. So, uh, you know, you're you're finding things you're anticipating and you're, you know, shooting on the go all the time. I find that the like is a little bit of a slower medium, perhaps, or at least that was my experience. Um, so very much it was that. And um, yeah, it's great. I have to say, I do take a lot of photos now with my phone, though. And, you know, I the, know. Quality of the images that I get off my phone was the quality of the image that I got off my professional camera 20 years ago. So it's pretty extraordinary what um, what technology and, and what the cameras can do today. Definitely. So again, I'm just I'm stunned by the by some of the moments in history that you had to uh, that you were a part of being in Hong Kong and just being a, a photojournalist and then the director of photography there. I would love to hear about, you know, what was what was the shoot for you or, or the, the, the piece of content or article um, that you were a part of that that kind of sticks out in your mind as the one that um, was the most unique um, what was your favorite shoot that you've been on, essentially? My favorite shoot that I've been on? Well, um, I, I, I would have to say when I went to China. So I was able to be fortunate enough to, um, to be on the first flight when uh, Canadian Air uh, opened up its uh, flight lines there. So we wow. went over there. We did a series of interviews. We were in Shanghai um, and Beijing. And um, it was just a complete eye-opening, uh, extraordinary, extraordinary moment. Um, also, I went down to uh, Mexico and I photographed the president, Carlos Salinas, 
So I stayed with him for three days. No um, way. <laughs> not speaking any any Spanish whatsoever. <laughs> so it really was very much about, you know, watching and listening and being able to use my, my intuition to sort of identify, you know, when, when the right moments were going to come along. But that was, uh, that was great. And from a photo editor point of view, uh, the Hong Kong handover was uh, just uh, remarkable. Um, not only did you have tremendous talent coming through at that time uh, that we were fortunate enough to be able to work with. I think we had 20 photographers out in various wow. parts of the city. Um, but there was, it was a huge effort of, um, you know, understanding what was happening where, um, anticipating, mapping out the story prior to, to the event itself. It poured rain. Um, oh, yeah, and, Hong Kong does uh, that. You know, you would, and then you would, you know, you got all the images back, and then you actually had a chance to really shape the story afterwards. So there was a lot of pre-planning, there was a lot of anticipation as to what was going to happen. Um, but you know, you work with good people, and you end up with great results. So, um, so that was certainly a, a highlight in my life. 9/11 um, was also another extraordinary moment. Uh, you know, um, very different sentiment, of course, uh, mm -hmm. very tragic time. But um, the Globe and Mail, we had the, we were one of the publications that ended up publishing the photograph of the, the people that were jumping out of the tower. Um, mm -hmm. I still remember that. Lots of discussion, lots of, of conversation. None of that is ever taken lightly. Um, and, um, you know, we did feel that it was very much a reflection of, of the event itself and, and kind of just the extremes for which people went, went to 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 escape the situation that they were in. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, um, then there's been, um, you know, some really wonderful moments with, you know, sports teams and uh, entertainers Absolutely. and uh, politicians. Um, my, first, my first assignment actually was um, the night that Bob Ray won the Ontario government, uh, won, won the majority. So that was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. I went out with Peter Bragg and uh, sort of, you know, followed alongside and took photographs. I came back, we processed it. Everything is in slides, of course. And when I looked at mine, mine were orange. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I just totally bombed this experience. <laughs> Drawer. I helped everybody else edit their materials. We, you know, laid out the magazine, put it to bed. And then Peter said, well, where, where's, your, where's your pictures? So I kind of embarrassingly brought them out and said, here they are. And he's like, you had the moment. Like, you totally had the moment. It's just, you know, we can color correct that in the magazine. And I was like, ah, chance missed. <laughs> but it was also a... You know, it was a kind word that, um, you know, really sort of made me believe, like, you know what, I, I got something here and, and I can do it. And um, and that launched a whole career. Wow. I'm, I'm extremely jealous of some of these moments that you got to witness and be a part of creating. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, but you did talk about uh, kind of the time that you spent using a Canon and then a Leica and then eventually your phone. You have a, a perspective on content that a lot of people, you know, may not have or haven't had the experience to have. Um, you know, now, now in your current position um, at Artera, what, in, in your opinion, what has been, you know, some of the biggest positives out of the shift in, in basically everyone having their phone and having a powerful camera to record content? And what are some potential, you know, negatives or not even negatives? 
um, what are some things to, that you think we need to watch out for when it comes to creating content? Just because I think someone who has been in your position for the amount of time you've been capturing content, historical content, to now, you know, I'm sure you've taken uh, several pictures in the last couple of weeks where it's just like, I'm just going to take a picture of this for either memory or for something else, right? So, yeah, what, what are some positives that you think that can come out of this and what are some potential things to watch out for? Well, I think what's amazing is, um, you know, it has given everybody the opportunity to to record the world around them, right? And to share that with, you know, um, loved ones and to share that with, with strangers and wider audiences, um, things like that. So, I mean, that's obvious. That's been happening for a very long time now. Um, they're really, they're, they're wonderful devices. I'm, I'm a big believer. I have no problem with taking, um, even, you know, professional photographs with an iPhone. Um, I, uh, I did some for strategy magazine recently and, oh, nice. uh, yeah, our, uh, our, uh, former, uh, CMO Andrea Hunt won strategy of the year. So I took some photos there. Um, but, um, you know, I think that it's, it's, it's the great enabler. Uh, I think everybody can take a photograph and with the filters and the way that the cameras are, are designed and structured, um, you know, people look, can do great work, can capture great things. Um, some of the dangers or the downsides that I would have, um, you know, and I guess based on my background would be, you know, things can look really great, hmm. but, you know, um, I think for things to stand out with so much fabulous work that's out there with so much strong visualization and, and you know, great outstanding communication skills, the, you know, what's, what's sometimes missing or I think where sometimes we get a little bit um, tripped up would be things look great, but it doesn't really have the gravitas and the story and the history and perhaps the craftsmanship behind mm -hmm. it. I think that that is something that really becomes a very distinctive advantage to um, to individuals, to brands that, that want to stand out. So, you know, um, uh, having all of that foundational um, development, uh, those skills that I developed, you know, many years ago, I think they have just become so intuitive now and so just kind of built into the way that I look at the world and the way that I explore the world mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I'm able to kind of bring bring that together. And um, and I think that that makes for uh, a more powerful visual communication storytelling piece. That's great advice. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
us extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, now, working at Artera and being there for two years and a bit now, you're exposed to a lot of wine. <laughs> uh, I'd love for I'd love to hear. You know, what is your what is your favorite varietal of wine? Have you been able to develop one over the last two years? Or have you have you uh, have you had one for a while? And, and Artera just kind of expanded it. What do you what's your go to within your your guys' portfolio? <laughs> Well, I'm still tasting my way through the portfolio and I've over <laughs> 300 brands, so I've got a little bit of a ways oh, wow. to go. Yeah. Um, yes, we're Canada's largest marketer and producer of wine in Canada. Uh, my go-to favorites are absolutely the Okanagan wines. Um, the oh, BC yeah. wines are incredibly special. Um, Stellar's J, See You Later Ranch, um, Inkmeat. Um, embezzle. There's there's so many Jackson Triggs in Esquilin. Uh, we have they have estates out there as well as in Niagara actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are absolutely great. Um, you can't get better value than Rafino Prosecco though. Uh, it's a great uh, it's a great party starter. <laughs> You're gonna. I'm writing that down. Good start. Uh, yeah, those would be some of my, my absolute favorites, but, um, you know what, there's, there's just, I don't know. I, I love all the, I love all my children, <laughs> all my wine children. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, I think I've tried most of these. I, I haven't tried the Rafino though. So I did write that down. I'm going to have to, uh, treat my wife. Another to, good uh, one picnic. is Saintly. Say that again. Saintly. Another saintly. great one is Saintly. Yeah. Okay. That's a Prosecco as well. Uh, it, it, it comes in a rosé. It's a white. Um, yeah, we've just launched a new variety. That's awesome. Well, um, on the topic of Artera, I know there's been a shift in priorities when it comes to uh, a direct-to-consumer audience. So what are the, some, some of the strategic moves that maybe you could share with uh, me and the audience that you guys have made in the past couple of years? Sure. So I think, um, you know, uh, with the shift to consumer centricity means that you really need to understand um, who the consumer is, mm-hmm. what their interests are, what their what influences them, what their buying habits are, um, you know, as well as all of the, the great demographic um, uh, insights that come of that. So we've actually built up uh, a very strong insights team here at Artera. And that really is, is I guess, some of the foundational um, 
uh, I guess, a foundational starting point from when, you know, we're looking to develop any creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as with, you know, a wide portfolio of brands, there's variation amongst each and you really do need to understand um, you know, as part of the brand, brand blueprint, which then evolves into the brand strategy, you really need to understand kind of all of these these um, these touch points and these uh, influence drivers for that's going to inform the kind of creativity that you are able to then develop. Um, so um, <laughs> I've completely starting with the insights, starting with the insights team. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sorry. So uh, starting with the insights team. And, um, and so then uh, my role particularly is focused on creative communications and partnerships. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's an, a couple different ways that that's expressed itself. Um, again, going back to the brand blueprint and the brand strategy. So with the insights feeding into that, um, that's kind of a new exploration of, you know, rooting ourselves very deeply in that knowledge and then developing out the, the creative executions that follow from that. Um, brand communications is, um, you know, socializing some of the activities and, you know, there's such tremendous work coming out of the organization. It's, it's an easy share um, with, with, you know, our counterparts uh, across the organization. Um, also looking at um, developing programs, uh, we launched, um, we have uh, um, memberships with Cannes Lions. And so we've, we've put on uh, a couple of virtual events with Cannes Lions over the past couple of years, which has been great. And we, we do that as a marketing team, um, wow. upwards of 50, 55 people. And, and lastly is, um, is partnerships, looking at new areas um, and new partners that, that we can work with that can obviously align with the brand, but also allows us to explore new territories and, and kind of new segments of the population. So a couple um, examples of that would be um, we've partnered with Skip and Uber for with the wine rack, and that's been a tremendous success, um, uh, I think, for all parties. And um, we've launched expensive a, for me. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> expensive. Uh, <laughs> well, I've, just, I've used it. I've just used fast. it a lot. <laughs> fast and direct, right to your door. Super convenient. Um, and we've got uh, Saintly launched a, a fashion collect- a collection, actually. So they developed sort of some hats and, you know, um, a series of candles and uh, sweatshirts and things like that. So some branded memorabilia that way. Cool. Um, we've done a number of partnerships that have allowed us to, um, to expand some of our programming in, a, in our grocery and liquor board uh, retail spaces. So we've partnered with... Um, Costello cheese and um, a number of different other kind of, you know, foods, uh, CPG um, organizations to, to kind of bring things together. We've got a really exciting partnership out there right now with Shiseido, Shiseido and Bodacious Shiseido. wine. Oh. Yes. So you can find that on the shelf now. Um, and, you know, with every bottle uh, served, you can get a, a mini lipstick. It's, uh, it's pretty extraordinary. And it comes with a, a great influencer partnership with um, Priyanka that we put on with through our agency Densu. And, uh, and there's a number of different activations that are going to be happening with that also. But anyways, those are just an example of uh, a few things that we've, uh, that we've done well. Absolutely. I, I love the, the variety of different uh, partnerships that you can have. Um, it's always fun partnering with with wine brands and i would imagine that as you know as as much value as you guys are finding 
out of these partnerships that some of these partnerships, you know, they get way more value in, in being able to create messaging and, and, and touch points and communication strategies to, to touch your audience space. So that's really cool. You get to lead all of that. Um, I want to take a step back um, from Artera and and really just get your insights around, um, you know, you you've around content and where it's going. So you have been a part of photojournalism where, you know, the workload required to get a piece of content up in front of an audience was significant and timely. Um, now in your current position, you, you still have a big team. And when you guys are looking at, at putting, you know, specific content in front of audiences, you now have the insight, the ability to look at insights, hard data to be able to inform your creative brief and, uh, and even, you know, data from your partners, partners that you get to use to inform your creative brief. What's next, you know, and, and speculation definitely encouraged here when it comes to <laughs> content that that, you know, content and what people want out of content. You know, some of the trends in the last couple of years is, is obviously TikTok, right? As a platform, TikTok is they're the opposite of what you grew up doing when you were a photojournalist. They're put on something completely raw, genuine, 15 seconds video only. Um, and that's what, you know, the generation uh, even below mine is 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 used to, and the expectation of content is that. What what's next? What's beyond this? Right? You've seen the curve of of basically slow content to immediate content, shortened content. What do you think is coming next? Well, I think what's coming next, um, you know, uh, I I believe what's coming next is is going to be more rigor around the quality of the content that's getting developed. So, um, God, you're I very hope so. Right. You're, you're, well, but you know what? I mean, you know, uh, who, we're all spending all this time on, on TikTok scrolling because we're just captivated by the originality and the personalities and the, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, the speed and the immediacy of TikTok. I mean, it's just, um, it's extremely compelling. Um, I think that as technology evolves, mm -hmm. um, as people become more familiar with these platforms, I mean, you know, look at where, you know, Facebook and Instagram and, you know, even YouTube have come, right? Like they're just incredibly powerful, powerful, um, you know, platforms now of excellent, uh, you know, excellent content and high quality production that is that is happening there. So I think as every platform rolls out, you know, it starts with a little bit of a grittiness to it. And then, you know, again, mm -hmm. that will continue to evolve. I do think that working with influencers and micro influencers is going to be incredibly important for the future. Um, you know, um, certain established traditional organizations have a very loyal footprint, but it Absolutely. is very, it is very finite. Um, you know, with with people with individuals, you have an opportunity to reach uh, probably more of the kind of the, the general masses, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, although I do know that you know people obviously are trying to form their niches in a way of standing out. There's there's so much content there that you know you have to you have to really focus. Um, but I do think that that is 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 going to happen. Um, digital storytelling uh video who knows what's going to happen with the with the metaverse um you know <laughs> that's really going to be part of uh of our everyday 
Um, And then, you know, really at the end of the day, the golden nugget for all organizations is first party data strategy. So this is kind of where it's all going. This is where, this is what organizations all want to be able to talk and to message and communicate directly with their consumers. Um, So that's going to be an interesting evolution. And, you know, we are, um, we are at the forefront of that. We're developing a lot of different um, websites and our, and our social media channels, things like that, email newsletters. So that's definitely a a place of um, evolution for us and and to continue down that journey. But um, yeah, I just think that it's, you're going to have to find ways to definitely improve the quality of the work that you're doing, but really it goes back to content. Content is king, right? It's what you say that matters. Um, you know, you either need to, you know, inspire, inform, and educate. Um, you need to just, mm-hmm. you know, be able to find a way to to connect with your audiences through through one of those vehicles and um, and that's what's going to make it. That's it's going to make it better. I think sometimes we see a lot of you know interesting, fun little quips and things like that, but that's not going to make me follow you. Uh, I you might kind of give me a little moment of amusement, but I'm quickly going to scroll through because there's frankly a lot of that right now. So I think if you really do need to stand out, it's going to be doubling down on the kind of connection that you're forming through the content with your audience. Absolutely. No, I appreciate the insight. Uh, I don't get to talk to, and I'm sure our audiences really get to talk to someone who's had the amount of experience and has been working in, in content for so long. And I apologize for calling photojournalism content. That's not my intention. I've got a couple other photojournalist friends and video journalist friends, and <laughs> I know where they hold that versus content. So um, really appreciate the insight there. I'd love to switch over to our rapid fire question round before we, we, we wind up here. So there is no uh, there is no wrong answer. You can give me you know, one word answers, you can give me one sentence answers, you can give me a paragraph long rant, it's up to you. But this is a, a great way for our audience to kind of get to know some of your gut answers here. So um, first question is, what was your first job? And this can be under the table, this can be on, you know, under the counter, whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> um, my first job was I started my own camp. Uh, I started, I grew up in a horse farm and, uh, and my friend Ginny Gayford and I, we, uh, we brought, launched our own riding camp. So we, uh, were able to find, uh, 10 kids, uh, I guess, you know, uh, kids of my, uh, of our parents, um, who came over and we taught them how to take care of their horses and ponies and how to ride. And we put on a little show at the end and gave everybody a gave everybody a ribbon and um, sent them on their way. And that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, Aaron, are you a night owl or are you an early bird? Night owl. Night owl? Nice, me too. You know, if you weren't doing the current job you're doing or if you didn't have to work, what would you be doing? Uh, I would be, I, 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 would, I would be roving the world. I would be doing what I uh, I guess started out uh, initially, I'd be out there exploring and capturing moments and capturing experiences, meeting people and sharing that however I could. Um, and um, and I think I'd launch an Etsy store. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what is a uh, app on your phone that you cannot live without? And work apps don't count. <laughs> an app on my phone. Well, you know what? I'm a bit of an Instagram fanatic, so um, so I do love Instagram. I could have made that guess. I was going to say either the camera <laughs> app or that. 
Um, what's a life hack that you've discovered um, that you'd be willing to share with the audience? A life hack. Um, I guess a life hack would be um, organization. Uh, making sure, uh, having a number of different tools to be able, you know, life is so fast right now, you're dealing with so many different things, you're multitasking, making sure that you um, have all of the right ways of capturing information, organizing it, and uh, being able to, you know, get what you need as fast as you can. Um, another life hack would be um, reading for an hour when you first wake up. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Instagram captions don't count there, I'm guessing. <laughs> Instagram captions don't count. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bit of a newsletter junkie as well. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, w I read uh, The Milk Road and Strategy every morning, so um, I can I can definitely uh, agree with you there. Well, Aaron, it's been amazing to get to know you. Um, your background is something I'm quite jealous of. Um, I would have loved to be there. I know a lot of our creators in the audience too would have loved to be in some of the times in history and the opportunities that you're able to, to take advantage of. Um, thank you for sharing your thoughts um, on uh, content evolution. Really appreciate it. Get to know kind of what your what your priorities are right now over at Artera as well. Um, this one will be definitely an episode that I think our, our listeners get a lot of value of. So thank you for joining us. Uh, and really appreciate your transparency and the sharing of your passion, I think, was very clear today, too. So uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.